Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. In May of this year, I was fortunate to be in Durham, North Carolina at the 2023 CXPS, that's Client Experience for Professional Services Conference, where professionals from around the country met to discuss some of the unique challenges that customer experience presents to professional services firms. Today, we're going to continue this conversation and talk about CX and professional services and some of those unique challenges and opportunities. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Blake Godwin, President and Partner at Client Savvy. Blake, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Greg. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and it was a real pleasure to have you at our conference as well. Yeah, I, I had a, I had a blast. It was great to talk about. I talked about AI and uh, you know how that kind of be applied by professional services firms. Uh, yeah, had a had a great uh, had a great time there. Um, why, why don't we start by you? giving a little background on yourself as well as your role at Client Savvy, Savvy and uh, maybe a little bit about what Client Savvy does. Sure, sure. So I, I guess I'll start with the background on myself. I have been with Client Savvy now for, for six years, started in, in managing the growth and strategy at, at the organization. I do have a background in business management and marketing, which has been applied through out my 20 years uh, in the professional services space, got to Client Savvy and, and saw some real opportunity for, for Client Savvy to expand their services and saw a lot of great opportunities around strategy and going more towards a global effort, uh, which we have achieved. We you know now have 676 clients that we've worked with in, in 20 time zones. Uh, I have a real passion for what we do here. You know, it's a, I call it a four-way win. And I mean, sometimes it's a five-way. So, you know, helping firms design, implement, and measure client experience management programs to achieve top quartile or, or the best business outcomes that they possibly can, you know, it, it's a win for us. It's a win for them. It's a win for their clients. So it's a win for our clients' clients. And you know, in professional services, a lot of organizations and just the, the market segment segments inside of professional services have been seen as a commoditized service provider for so long. And so we're helping revolutionize the industry where money and dollars and the cost is becoming less and less of an important aspect of why clients are choosing, whether it's an architectural, engineering, construction, legal, accounting managed IT services firm, and they're leveraging client experience to, to make that, that differentiation happen. And so, 
Uh, I absolutely love what we do here. We are the thought leaders in client experience management in professional services. We do have the only certification for professionals in client experience management. And uh, we have the only client experience award. And as you've seen and been to a number of times, the only conference that is dedicated to client and employee experience management and professional services. Been around 20 years and uh, still going strong, Greg. That's great. That's great. So, yeah. So, as you mentioned, um, the CXPS uh, 2023 conference uh, just wrapped up a few weeks ago. It seem, seems like uh, time time flies. But, um, but uh, so let, let's start by recapping a little bit about the, the conference. And, you know, as I mentioned, I, great, great turnout and, and great um, thought leaders there talking about this stuff. Um, what was one of the biggest highlights for you of the conference? You know, it's interesting. The highlights year after year, I mean, we just completed our ninth year, seem to be the same. I, I'm always baffled and, and elated at the same time at the open and fearless communication that we see from firm leaders year over year. The open, fearless, and, and open sharing communication, even with competitors sitting across the table from each other regarding how they're differentiating in the market space, leveraging client and employee experience as an operational discipline. You know, you go to a lot of events and there seems to be this, like, let's keep it under the cuff or we're going to have a business meeting. Let's go into another room. And, and it's CXPS. It's just a different environment. The passion, the willingness to share and not only share where they've succeeded, but also shared things that they have implemented and failed at. You know, being able to openly disclose where they have failed and say, hey, Greg, don't do that at your firm is a really cool space to be in. And uh, what I've noticed is it's just really kept the community close. It's built some really strong relationships and trust. And even as the, the conference and the attendance has uh, expanded and more and more firms, I believe now around 13% of professional services firms are reporting a CX strategy. People are still willing and still openly and fearlessly communicating about their differentiators. And that to me is always the biggest highlight. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. De and definitely, there's definitely a sense of community there from what, what I could see. And that's, that's great. So, uh, you know, this, this episode's going to be airing in late July here. Um, you know, 2024, believe it or not, is going to be around the corner soon, sooner than we, we think. Right. Yeah. Um, what, what are you looking forward to for, for next year? Well, you know, it's it, we always have new faces. I mean, one thing to, to realize for anyone who's listening is that CXPS is not just client-savvy clients. In fact, about 40 to 50% of the attendants are clients, and about 60 to 50% of, of, of attendants is just people who are either looking to embark in client experience management, who have been on the journey, who are advanced, in their journey with regard to CX. And so year after year, I, I just love seeing new faces. I love the new content, seeing what people are doing differently than even CX managers have been doing for years. And, and last but not least, I'm a numbers guy. I really love statistics. And, you know, if you went, and Greg, you probably know this, when if you would have gone to a conference five years ago and said CX, 
it was like you had three heads. You know, <laughs> right, you were right. you were this rare dragon. Nobody knew what you were talking about. And, uh, you know, now you can't go to a conference that doesn't have a client experience track, a dedicated track. And so what's really cool at CXPS and, and being the organization that is seeing all of these incremental adoptions and the rate of adoption happen across professional services is the stats seem to just change at a rapid pace. So going from 2023 to 2024, I'm extremely excited about seeing where has the industry gone? Where have they seen the improvements? How big have been those improvements been? What are the average profit margins, you know, for those firms that have embarked on it? So the stats really, really, really get me excited at CXPS. Well, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And we'll be, I know, I know we'll be talking more about it in the, in the months to come. So let's, um, let's switch gears a little bit and, and talk a little more generally about customer experience and and professional services. And this is certainly, you know, I have my own experience here. I owned and, and ran a marketing agency uh, that certainly fits in the professional services space. And so, you know, I, I understand some of those challenges today as a, as a consultant. I work through consultancies and 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 as well as my own boutique uh, consultancy. And so, you know, certainly um, you work with a lot of different types of you mentioned, you know, architecture, engineering, different types of of professional services firms as well. So, you know, I wanted to kind of start with uh, for those that either uh, maybe maybe a little less familiar with some of those unique challenges. What makes CX and, and professional services um, so unique? Well, that's a great question. So, when you look at customer experience management with customers versus clients. So let's start a little bit with the definition between the two. You know, customers are very transactional. Hotels, restaurants, things of that nature. I mean, you look at Chick-fil-A as an example. If you don't know who Chick-fil-A is and you're listening to this podcast, I'm very sorry because they are (laughs) amazing. Um, But but you look at, you you know, Chick-fil-A who's got a CX team. And, you know, that organization sits down monthly uh, and their CX team sits down monthly to discuss different personas of their buyers. You know, how do they create better experiences and how do they make an impact to their customers to make them drive past five other fast food restaurants or other restaurants that drive chicken sandwiches, sometimes at additional cost, sometimes not. Just how do they implement it to make it better? And they've done a heck of a job. And I mean, they do this all for a $5 sandwich. You know, professional services is unique because it's with clients. It's high touch. It's long-term relationships. And, you know, I I always ask the question, you know, Chick-fil-A does it for a $5 sandwich. Why are we not doing it for $500,000 or $5 million projects? Why, why, Why would we not do that? The other thing that makes it a little bit unique is that there are so many different touch points and so many different areas that you can design around to really impact the experience that your clients have. That the monument, the monumental improvements in share of wallet, increased profitability, decreased negotiate, uh, decreased competitive work versus negotiated bid. It's it's just exponentially higher. And so while there is more to do in CX around in professional services, there are much larger rewards in professional services as well. 
Yeah. 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 And you make a, you make a great point there, you know, a, a Chick-fil-A, you know, just to use that example, you know, seeing the stats that some of their metrics are, you know, increase, they have better in, same store sales than their competitors and they're closed one day of the week and you know, all those kinds of things. But that, to that point, it's a whole different set of metrics and scaling and, you know, a, a professional services firms may have multiple offices and multiple locations, but not hundreds of franchises or, or you know, or, or offices. So the scale is different in both regards, right? So there's, there's less locations, there's less individual sales, and yet each sale is exponentially larger in some cases than, you know, than a chicken sandwich or, or something like that. Well, yeah, well, th but think about it this way too, Greg. You know, what's interesting about it is I would argue maybe there's more locations. So think about it this way. You know, Chick-fil-A is, for the most part, each one of them are individually owned. Um, and so like a Wendy's or, you know, like another fast food joint, most of them are individually owned or a group of restaurant owners own uh, a number of these other fast food chains. And so it's very easy for someone to have loyalty for a Wendy's in their location, but have no trust for a Wendy's in another location yeah. where Chick-fil-A has with each shop being owned by one individual, maybe two shops by an individual, they have figured out a way to consistently deliver experiences across each location with each owner. Where you look at professional services and let's say you're a 2,000 person or a 200 person engineering firm, you've got 50 engineers who all have the opportunity to deliver consistently on experiences, but yet what we have is, is we have brand loyalty with individuals rather than the brand and the organization themselves because each project manager or each lawyer or each accountant or consultant delivers experiences differently. There is no brand recognition and client experience. And so that, that is what makes professional services a little bit more complex, yet alike in the fact that each Chick-fil-A is owned by one person each project manager is their own person, but the problem in professional services is, is that everybody delivers different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, you work with a lot of professional services firms, you work with them internationally as, as you mentioned as well, you know, where I think to your other point, it's hard to not, uh, it's hard to miss the conversations about customer experience or client experience these days. Right. So, you know, you go to a conference, you read, blogs, whatever, you know, that CX is a term that's that's ubiquitous. It may be not consistently understood and certainly not consistently applied. But, you know, the, these firms, they understand that it it is important that it can make an impact at some level. In other words, I think everybody's agreed on on that premise. But, you know, where would where would you recommend that they start if let's say they're not very far along that path of just like they, they know they should be doing something better. They, they've seen some stats that might be relevant to their industry or, or, or type of business, but you know, where, where should they get started? Wow. That, that's such a great question. You know, I, I always go back to a, a pretty recent um, study from Bain and company. So Bain and company went out to over 500 CEOs in the professional services space. And, and they asked those CEOs, are you delivering an above average client experience? And 80% of those CEOs said yes, which 
of course, statistically is, is impossible. But my favorite right. part of the study <laughs> was, you know, a favorite part of the study was then they went out to all of those CEOs clients and asked them the same question. Is that firm delivering an above average client experience to you? And what percentage, Greg, of those clients do you think agree? Um, definitely less than half. Yeah. Eight. Eight <laughs> percent. Okay, wow. I didn't realize it was that low. Okay. Eight <laughs> percent. And so that's now known as a CX gap. It happens in, you know, three, three different areas, failure to design, uh, failure to execute and, and failure to renew capabilities. But th that's besides the point. Th the best place to start is understanding the gap between the perception that you have about your own firm versus the perception that your clients have. I think that is one of the biggest shocking moments for any firm, but it's where you have to start. Otherwise, how do you know where to go? We all perceive ourselves as being a specific brand, a specific type of firm, whether you think you're a boutique or whether you think you're the Walmart of professional services brands. People hire you because you're everywhere, because you're cheap, because you get it done. Whatever it is, you got to make sure that that perception from your client standpoint is the same. And then you figure out your strategy. When it's different, then you got to figure out how to close the gap. So first and foremost, I would do an internal you know, feedback program around what your employees, what your leadership, what everyone thinks about your brand and, and the experience that you're delivering. How did they define client experience? And I'd also ask your clients the same question about the experience that you're delivering, do some sort of correlation and, and gap analysis there and then determine what your next steps are. I think that's pretty much the only way to start. Yeah, yeah. And so when you find those gaps and, you know, let's say there's a lot of gaps, you know, if you're starting out, there's, there probably are a lot of gaps. Are there certain ways that you coach your clients to, figure out, you know, where, what do they focus on first? Or, you know, wh what do they focus on when they're trying to find ways to improve? I mean, again, they may have a list of 10 areas and they all seem about equal or whatever. Like, how do you kind of make the tough call of, of where to look? Yeah. Another good question and, and yet a very tough one. So there, there are, you know, we're, we're doing a five-year engagement with a very large, you know, multinational firm. And there's, you know, 50-some projects over a, a five-year time frame. And, and the way that we did that was, you know, understanding what their gaps are, understanding who they want to be, and then how to get there. And so when you're doing CX, there's, there's some pretty interesting aspects, Greg, where you can do small doses of effort to get quick returns. It's like eating a Snickers bar, right? That quick sugar rush. Yeah. Got some medium effort, you know, kind of low hanging fruit, take a little bit more effort, maybe a little bit more return, but takes a, a little bit longer to see them. And then you got long-term efforts, large efforts to improve uh, a client experience that bring long-term return on investments in the future. And so the way we look at it is we say, all right, well, what are the, you know, what are the firm challenges? You know, what are the business impacts? That's financial impacts. Who's impacted? How are they impacted? You know, what's the rate of return based off these specific initiatives? And we look at low engagement, medium engagement, or low effort, medium effort, high effort, 
And we try to determine how do we go about using the low effort to fund and drive returns and create opportunities to do the medium effort, to do the long-term high effort things and let each thing support the next. So a couple of things that you can do, empathy mapping is a great exercise. If you understand your client's perception at different life cycles of your engagements or even just their overall perception, you'll get a pretty good idea of how they're feeling. So map out your project. Talk about what are they thinking? What are they feeling? What are they saying? Why are they saying it? And what are the things that you could do to improve on that journey? The other thing is that we're doing that doesn't take as much feedback, Greg, is designing your project experience. So mm -hmm. essentially, I would say, all right, who's my persona? Well, it's Greg. It's the Agile agile brand. And here's what our journey looks like with them. How do we design a way that every interaction that Greg has with our brand creates an emotional reaction that he cares to repeat? And then how do we train that across all of our staff to make sure if Blake's delivering it, if my business partner Ryan's delivering, if our you know team lead uh, on, the, on the client success is delivering it, Desi, you know, how do we all deliver a consistent experience that makes Greg go, you know what? I don't love Blake. I love client savvy. And designing that project experience uh, to deliver it consistently creates monumental improvements in business outcomes. Before we continue, let's take a quick break. If you're like many marketing leaders today, you're inundated with a need to improve the customer experience across an increasing number of channels and touch points, all while ensuring your team is performing well, innovating, and continuously improving. So how do you find the time to determine what's next for you, your team, your brand, and your customers? My company, GK5A, can help. Whether it is advisory services, evaluation of marketing technology platforms and solutions, or digital agencies and implementation partners, or assistance with creating strategic roadmaps and prioritization of efforts, we've done it all and served as an ally to Fortune 1000 brands and in industries like financial services, healthcare, consumer electronics, professional services, and more. You can learn more about these services and contact us at www.gk5a. That's www.gk5a.com. Now let's get back to the show. And so, you know, I think for those that are keyed into the the, the importance of CX and, and the long-term effects of that, um, you know, definitely, I think finding some tangible ways to get started and, and quick wins and everything makes sense. Let's say, how do you make that argument to the skeptic and maybe, you know, just to put a role in there, you know, to the CFO, let's say, that's like, yes, this sounds great. And I, I like recurring revenue and and all those good things but you know what's this investment you know how, how do you make the case for the investment when the some of the some of the benefits surely are, are short term and and you know to your point about the way it's approached but the long-term benefits are longer term and they've got you know they've got the issues that a cfo has got to deal with in the short term whether it's economic or hiring or you know all of that good stuff so like how do you make the investment case Sure. Well, I mean, I, you know, this isn't just our research. There's a lot of third-party research out there by organizations like Swag. I mean, here's a pretty important one for, for a CFO, a, you know, a 2% increase in client retention 
has the same effect as decreasing your cost by 10%. I mean, why would you not focus on creating a 2% increase in client retention? It's the same as, especially, especially in today, when you're looking at potential economic downturns, what's the first thing firms do? They start figuring out how do they decrease their cost. Well, focusing on CX and increasing that client retention immediately does the same thing as reducing your cost by 10%, which in some cases can be extremely expensive. You know, another stat out there, it's five times more expensive to acquire a new client than satisfying and retaining new and current ones. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, extremely valuable. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. There are a few things that, that I always love to mention. So firms that are experience-led organizations, we know statistically are four and a half times more profitable. They generate almost twice the amount of revenue that those that are in the same field and are the same size firm from a human resource standpoint, human capital standpoint, two times more revenue. My favorite one is almost four and a half times more profit per employee. Wow. That happens in a, in a lot of different ways. We know that, like as an example, in the engineering space, about 14% of their engineers are spending time on wasted effort, whether it's gold plating, over-delivering, you know, not knowing internal or external expectations. And client experience management is about knowing expectations and delivering on those expectations plus 1%. Yeah. And last but not least, you know, last year, Greg, we had upwards of, and there's a couple different studies out there, we had upwards of around 22% employee attrition in professional services. Those firms that are embarking in client experience management are seeing 40% less turnover in their staff. Wow. So let's just do some some simple math. Let's say the number is 20% and you're a 100-person firm and it's an average cost of 100K per, according to Zwide Group and a few other resources, you've got a $2 million a year bottom line problem if you're average, if you're average in employee attrition. $2 $2 million profitability problem. If you reduce that by 40%, you put $800,000 back in your pocket. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the numbers from, if you're a numbers person, I think it's easy to explain CX. If you're not a numbers person, I think sometimes it's a little bit hard to grasp. But over the 20 years of us doing it, the statistics are really irrefutable. The numbers are there. The argument has been made. And all you got to do is really just look at it, really absorb it and apply it to your business. And uh, CX will begin to make a lot of financial sense. Yeah. And one, one last question on this topic, you know, just in, you've been doing this for a while and I've certainly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in CX pretty deep uh, as well. But, you know, do you see, um, is it easier to make that, that, you know, argument may be too strong a word even, but, you know, is, is it getting easier to, to convince those people that used to be skeptics, just given all the, all of the, the wealth of data and, and, and statistics and everything like that? Yeah, I think it is. And I don't know if it's the data that's doing it or if that these firms now know other firms that are doing it, yeah. um, you know, yeah. professional services and full transparency. And I think anyone, any leader on the, on the podcast right now would agree 
professional services is, is kind of the last to adopt anything that is what we would consider to be progressive in, in business management. It, it, it always has been that way. And a lot of times it's because we don't know others that are doing it. You, you know, you don't want to be the first to market. And so if you don't know other firms that are doing it, if you're not going to, you know, if you don't know others that are using it to differentiate, you know, it's not something you want to invest in. And so it's kind of gone from, I don't know that I can afford to do that to, I don't know that I could afford not to do that. Yeah. And so that's, that's really been the change when you look at a 300% year over year adoption of CX management and client feedback and these other, these other items that are, are components of client feedback. You can talk to someone now, a lot of our incoming and inbound conversations, Greg, they're like, oh, we received this from, from this firm, or we talked to this firm and they said they were doing this. And so, you know, that did not used to be the case. And so now yeah. that they know others who are doing it, now that the statistics are kind of front and center, you can Google it, you can look them up, you can find it. It is, it is just holistically making it easier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I wanted to also talk about um, your company, uh, Client Savvy. And, you know, I, I know you gave an intro uh, at the beginning of, of really? a little bit about what you do, but can you talk a little bit more about, you know, so you're, you're working with professional services firms. What, what does the platform provide? What, what does your team do to, um, to work with and, and help your, your clients? Sure. Uh, yeah. Thank you for, for asking we um been around since 2004 so in, in january we're very excited to, to announce that we will have been in business for 20 years wow uh we knew back then greg that the only way to truly differentiate in professional services is through leveraging client experience management as an operational discipline we also knew even before bain and company came out with their study that you know there was a tremendous variable or difference between the way we think that we deliver experiences versus the way our, our, our clients perceive them. And so that's when we created the patented client feedback tool that was designed specifically for professional services. And that platform is designed for our clients to be able to go out to their clients during incremental milestones of their engagements to capture experience-based metrics both quantitative and qualitatively on hard skills, soft skills, deliverables throughout that entire life cycle. And what we start to be able to see is where the strengths, where the challenges, where the wants, needs, and desires of our clients, where could we see consistencies around raving fandom and loyalty. And then we take that information from a consultancy standpoint at Client Savvy and we deliver insights and make recommendations. And if a firm wants us to, we even help them operationalize it. What's different about Client Savvy is that though it is a feedback platform and it is patented, 23 claims on the patent, there is not another feedback platform like ours that was designed for professional services. But the main differentiator is, is we're focused on outcomes. Yeah. I know it sounds silly, but the scores don't matter. <laughs> they really don't. It's, it's what you do with the scores that matters. Yeah. It's what the correlation between your voice of client program and the business outcomes that you're trying to create. That's what matters. And so every client that we work with, like I said, over 670 and, and 20 time zones, every client that we work with 
we seek very deeply to understand that organization. Again, firm challenges, root causes, impacts, opportunity cost, you know, return on investment. And, and it's not a magic calculator, it's a conversation, right? And, yeah. and we start to look at how can we help? And that's the foundation of how we create the cadences, the questions, the categories, and it sets the foundation for how our client success management or CX consultants look at the data as it comes into the platform. And we help our clients measure success all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And uh, agree about the, you know, the, the scores and the measurements. I mean, they're, they're, they're a guide, but it's really, it's about the, the, the outcomes and the work that's done to create those outcomes. Right. So for a, for a customer of yours, a client of yours, um, you know, who, who typically is, is your client at the, at, you know, at, at your customers? Like, is, is there a particular role? Is there a, uh, a department, you know, who, who's typically buying in other words? Yeah. You know, it's really changed a lot. I mean, it used to start in the marketing department. I, I believe that's, um, and it still primarily does. It, it, it starts in marketing. I think a lot of firm leaders believe that, that feedback is all about supporting marketing. Yeah. Some of the more progressive firms are, are realizing that feedback is just a small component of CX management. And CX management is is really affected uh, or or implemented in operations. Honestly, it it really varies. What yeah. what we seek as an ideal client for us is organizations that that don't like complacency. Uh, good organizations that realize they can be better. Great organizations, you know, that realize they can be better and that have buy in from different divisions inside of the organization because it, you know, it, it takes us all to make it work. Think about the five stages of empathy. So there's entice, engage, enter, exit, and extend. So entice, that's the moment somebody's looking for a firm. Enter, that's the moment they decide to reach out and start have engage. That's the moment they start and, and they reach out and they start having conversations with you. Enter, that's when you begin doing the project and you're doing the engagement with them. There's the exit. That's when you're closing out your engagement with, with the client. And then there's extend when you're not even working with the client at all. How do they, how do they not feel abandoned? How do they feel supported? How do you stay in front of them and deliver exceptional experiences when you're not even working with them? And so when you think about that entire roadmap of a journey that your clients have, have with you, it's all the way from your reception to your marketing team, to your business development team, to yeah. your project management or onboarding team, to your, your project delivery team, to your, uh, a, um, your AR team who's sending out invoices and dealing with collections. And, you know, everybody in the organization needs to realize that they are impacted. Their lives become easier, safer, and better, and so do their clients by, uh, by implementing CX. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Blake, thanks so much for joining. Uh, one last question before we wrap up here, you've given a lot of great advice already, but you know, if you had one piece of advice for a professional services company that knows they need to make some, some steps towards a uh, better CX, but maybe not sure where to start, you know, where, where should they start today? Yeah. 
you know, I, I mentioned this. So there's there's two pieces to this, Greg. One is, you know, the gap analysis. I, I, I think that's, for me, I mean, you could define who you want to be. You could do a lot of things. But to me, the gap analysis is is the most important because you might not, you might find out that who you want to be is not 80% of your clients, right? right. It, it doesn't serve 80% of your clients. And you might find out that you have a, a huge hill to climb if you, if you try to define something first. So I think the gap is the first thing that you can do. But my biggest piece of advice to, to any organization that is looking to embark on, on CX or even that has embarked on, on CX management, look, this, this is like eating an elephant. You got to do it one bite at a time. And okay. please, 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 please celebrate all of your slow, your small wins. Every win's a win. And if you try to turn CX on like a fire hose, you will drown. Things will not go the way that you expect it to. And so you will lose adoption. You will not be able to tell your successes. And it will just somewhat fizzle out. Remember, it's like an elephant. Take your time, small steps, small bites, celebrate the small wins, and let your clients tell you what to do next. Yeah, great, great advice. Well, again, I'd like to thank Blake Godwin, president and partner at Client Savvy for joining the show. And if you weren't able to make it to CXPS this year, I highly recommend you mark your calendars for next year. It's a great show that anyone in professional services or who serves the professional services market should attend and participate in. You can learn more about Blake, Client Savvy, and the, and the CXPS conference by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.